Thank you, church. Please take a seat. We serve an incredible King Jesus this morning and His presence is here with us as we gather together. We're gonna start our usual sermon time with a little panel of mums. Thanks so much, Andrew and Trav. And welcome to Katie, Jenny and Wendy who are joining me this morning on the stage. I think we should give them a clap. All mums here today. And Katie, you are celebrating Mother's Day as a mum for the first time today. Can I just ask, how did Dan go in the present department? Did he make a good effort? Is he here? Dan, did you remember? Yeah, yeah, he went well. Um, Andy wrote me a poem. Andy wrote you a poem? There wasn't a recital, but maybe that will come in a couple of years. (laughs) You've got many more years to come, so maybe he'll get to say it to you next year. (laughs) That's impressive. Well done, Dan. Katie, um, becoming a mum is a massive change. Um, How has God been speaking to you through that change? And what's He he been putting on your heart that you might like to share with us today? Sure, yeah. Um, Yes, becoming a mum is a massive life change. And just when you think you get some things sorted, then your baby changes again, and it's an ongoing process. Um, But I think in this season, God has been prompting me um, to open myself up to the change that He wants to do in my heart where I can um, trust him more as a father and live as his child. Um, That hasn't always been easy, um, but Jesus has been very kind and revealing more of himself. Um, I just remember this one time, Andy was really fresh, maybe a few weeks old, and I was just looking at him as you do with newborns, and um, some of those wondering questions came up, like, what will um, his life look like? Who will he become? What will he experience? And then there was just this really clear thought that came, um, Jesus is all he needs. Um, and at first, I, I could, sort of took that as quite a challenge for me, um, Like, am I living, can I say that that's true of my life, that Jesus is all that I need? Am I living that out? Um, But then also as encouragement in the season that was ahead and all the change, Jesus is all that I need. Um, And God is our good father um, and he is changing my heart um, to become more, um, more and more his child. Um, And I was just reminded even of this in our recent series in James, and I just thought I'd share the passage. Um, In chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He He chose to give us birth, through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So beautiful, church. I remember when Katie was a baby, and now the babies in this church are having babies. It's sort of a bit crazy to see that happening. Beautiful, Katie. Jenny, um, your children are now in their 20s. You are testimony that you can survive the teenage years this morning. Does anyone else need just a little inspiration in that department today? Yeah, thank you. I'll give you you my hairdresser's name. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jenny, I've been really fascinated to watch your journey over the last couple of years in COVID particularly, and this call that God placed on your heart to look after other people's children and to invest in families in our community through chaplaincy. Can you share a little bit about that and just the heart that God has given you for that ministry? Yeah, sure. So um, my husband, Barry, and I have always um, really valued families and and I love kids. I mean, I really love kids. And just before um, schools closed sort of to COVID and that, God called me into chaplaincy. And so I arrived at this beautiful little primary school in Mitchelton, and suddenly there were about 600 little people to love and care for. And I must say, I entered chaplaincy probably a little naively, not realizing how broken and how traumatized some of the children are in our society and how um, families are struggling. And so my start to chaplaincy was quite overwhelming and I'd come home often crying to my family just from what had been disclosed and shared and I just thought, I can't possibly, you know, love all these children. Like, how do you, how do you make a difference here? And God definitely reminded me that Proverbs 31, that bride that's described there is the church of God. And so I started networking with the church and others and that. And together, when, it, when I heard that song today, the king is on the move. God is on the move in our communities and it's up to us to partner together and just go on that walk with him. And it's been amazing how God has changed me, has opened my heart and just, yeah, I love those kids. Just absolutely love them. You shared a little story with me during the week about how the kids perceive <laughs> Chappy Jen. Yeah, yeah. So often chaplains are asked to help when children have a little meltdown. Well, sometimes not so little. But anyways, this little boy was having a meltdown and really struggling. And so I was asked to help. And his little friend was trying to convince him that it was okay to talk to me because often they don't want to talk to teachers and that. So he said, hey, Chappy Jen is okay. She's, she's like your mom at school. She's not your mom, but she's like your mom. You can ask her anything. <laughs> so. You have a lot of children. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You transitioned again out of that role. Tell us about that, Jen. And also, um, Jen was probably one of the first chappies during COVID when we started doing hampers. One of the first people who kind of got in contact with us and said, hey, this need is, is here. Can you guys help? So church, you have all been a part of this season of blessing families through our chaplains in our community. So yeah. It's nice to hear from you and hear these stories. Yeah, those hampers were life-changing to the chaplaincy service at my school in particular. Um, There's often a lot of skepticism around chaplaincy and people aren't quite sure what it's all about. But bringing practical help and just showing that we really do care for, for families and that it's just done within a Christian framework was beautiful. And um, yeah, I have transitioned. I mean, I, I still love Mitchelton and I left my other two daughters there. One is now a chaplain, the other one a TA. So they're taking care of my kids there. But um, I'm now looking after the 45 chaplaincy services that run from Bribey Island down to Samford. And so we have the opportunity to reach into 45 school communities. That means that when we do hampers now, it's not just the 100 that went to Mitchelton State School anymore. There are hundreds that have gone out into our community. And, you know, it's just unbelievable how the story and the love of Jesus just gets woven into this tapestry of life. It's like a little scarlet thread that just gets woven into every single school by that practical help. And then of course the love that comes from the chaplains and all of us working together to bring hope into these communities. 
Thank you so much, Jen. Can we thank Jen and the chaplains who do an amazing work through our schools in SU? Wendy, we have had an amazing weekend with you sharing with us, and I'm so glad you're still standing. <laughs> so am I. Um, you shared yesterday that you have four children and 14 grandchildren. Um, in some blessed. of our conversations, I remember you saying, um, I really have to go. My granddaughter, I, my granddaughter needs rescuing. So it was beautiful <laughs> um, to hear that even as we chatted before, leading up to this weekend. Yeah. Your heart is for your grandchildren. But Wendy, I guess I'm a bit intrigued. You shared um, some of the challenges of your childhood and growing up in a really dysfunctional family. How do you change that legacy for your own family and for your own children? How, how can you be intentional about doing that? It's a great question, Jody, and I think it's a good question for all of us as mums. Um, we can't change what's done. You know, what's done is done, right? Um, if I asked you to raise your hand and tell me whether or not you've laid your head on the pillow of a night time as a mum where you've regretted something you've done that day, I'm sure there would be hands go up uh, where you think I could have done better or I shouldn't have raised my voice or whatever. The should of us. We should on ourselves as mums all the time. I should be better. I should be this. I should be that. When I finally came to the Lord and had that changing moment and that you heard my journey yesterday for the women that were here, I couldn't go back and change what had happened. Up until that chapter of my life, there's nothing I could change. That story was written. But God had given me a fresh chapter because our life is made up of many different chapters. And he'd given me a fresh chapter to rewrite so I could change where I was. So I couldn't re uh, change what had happened, but I could start to create a new generational history and a new legacy. I could write that. And it had to start with me. As mums, I said in the first service, being a mum or being um, a woman of influence, I'm just not talking about mums. I'm talking about women of influence today as well because all women matter, no matter where you're at. And um, being a woman of influence in any form, and we influence everybody by what we do. People watch us and we influence. But the, it's a challenge to lead ourselves well in that space, whether we're a mum, whether a woman in the workplace, a woman in the community. And we can't influence anybody else. We can't influence our family, our children, or those in our sphere of influence until we lead ourselves well. So when I had this opportunity to, when God gave me life, I had to work out what was in here. So I had to work on my values and think about what are the values now that I want my family to have. And I couldn't just speak those over them. Of course, that was important, but I had to demonstrate them through myself. What was truth and how did I display those values in who I was? And that was where I started. And uh, my kids were already teenagers and honestly, I would drag them to church poor children, I would make them go. In one way, it was probably not the right thing, but in another way, it was really the right thing. They made a decision for Jesus, and some of them have walked away from the Lord, but they made a decision for Jesus, and my Jesus is faithful. So for mums where his children are away from the Lord, know that he is a faithful God. And I was thinking that I didn't share in the first service, Jody. I speak all the time encouraging words over my grandchildren and my children uh, at every opportunity. But I also want to show them an example of what God is able to do. My children 
didn't know my full story until I wrote my book. I, they, I hadn't shared every detail of my story. And before my book was published, I gave them all a copy of the manuscript to read because I wanted their okay to go ahead and publish it because my story really is their story. Um, and so that was really important. And by showing them that and by writing my story, it also showed them that God is able to do immensely more than we could ever ask or imagine. And that is an example. So we get to lead by example. So that's what I do. And that's my 16-year-old granddaughter in uh, Darwin that plays under my office desk when I'm on the phone, <laughs> when I mind her two days a week. What a blessing that is. Incredible opportunities that we have to invest, not only in our own families, but in other people around oh, us. Yes. And I would just love to pray for all those in that space this morning. Jesus, we thank you for our moms. We thank you for your heart that shines um, through our moms and for your heart in us to care mm. and love and nurture those around us, God. Grow that in us, we pray. Mm. Lord, we we have opportunities, unique opportunities to show your love and your light to those around us. We want to honour you in doing that and pray, God, that we use those opportunities to draw people to you. Open our hearts to your word today, we pray. Yes, May Lord. we hear your voice now yes, as Wendy Lord. shares with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, church. Please give these mums another clap. Thank you, ladies. to put that in the bag. Can you help me out here? Just adjusting myself here. Good morning. Let me just get myself adjusted here so I, I'm right. What an honour and a real privilege to be here and, and to spend the weekend in Brisbane. It's been such a blessing because I have a daughter in Brisbane so I actually get to spend the rest of Mother's Day with her which is an added blessing. But I must say, coming from Darwin, where it was 34 degrees and about 84% humidity when I left, by yesterday afternoon sitting at soccer with my granddaughter, I was shivering. It was really cold. I'm thinking I want to go back to the warm weather. I'm actually off to Melbourne so it's to speak, so it's going to be a little bit chillier down there. Let me just get myself sorted. Mother's Day is such an interesting day, isn't it? It's a special day, but it also can be a day that brings different memories and different um, pains and hurts to women. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge that as we come together and uh, we look at, at Mother's Day and what Mother's Day is about. Mother's Day can come with incredible expectations that can be placed on us. Uh, you only have to look at um, the ads on TV or social media. You couldn't forget it was Mother's Day, could you? You know, you need to buy that perfect set of pyjamas or the perfect piece of jewellery to let somebody know that you care about them. That's not the Mother's Day we're talking about today. But I do want to acknowledge that Mother's Day can have an association of emotions and feelings that can be quite upsetting and bring pain to many mothers. And it's important that we, we consider that today as, as we come together. I know for me it brings back incredible memories of my mum. They're not necessarily good ones. My family, 
my family life and my childhood and, and many, many years of my life were very dysfunctional. Our family was way off the scale of dysfunctionality, to be honest. And those that were at the breakfast yesterday heard my story. And I'm certainly not going into that detail today. But what I will say is, my mum actually died on my 17th birthday. And my mum's way of nurturing me, she made me her drinking partner at the age of 13. So whatever was her drink of choice, she fed to me. So that was the start of my upbringing. I had no idea what a normal family was meant to look like uh, or how they behaved. So mother, my mum didn't model that for me. And I do wonder that that was never modelled for her. And when I had children, I had no idea how to be a mother. How would I care for or nurture my children? And I know there's a motherly instinct that can kick in. But when you've experienced and you've lived in an environment where everything else is demonstrated but that, that's what you do because you don't know how to mother somebody else. And so I was on the same path as my mother. My life was a bit of a mess until I found Jesus, where he took my life and he restored my life. Isn't this beautiful? <laughs> so when we come into God's family, he provides what we need. And for me, he placed beautiful women around me, women with incredible generous hearts, mothers, uh, women with, with a mother's nurturing heart that became the essence of a mother to me. These women became great examples of how to mother and how to nurture my family. Now, by now, when I, these women came into my life, my children were already starting to be teenagers. But I found out it wasn't too late to change that pattern, to be able to show them a different way and, and bring them up in a different way. And these amazing women saw great things inside of me that I didn't even know were there. And they spoke those words over me. And these women, these spiritual mothers, they're not always mature in age like I am. They can come to us at any age with the wisdom of a mother and with the caring heart of a mother. And you know what? If we just stop and we take the time and we look back, we'll often see how God has placed really strong guardrails around us where women will step across our lives and give us words of wisdom. And for me, even before I came to Jesus, I can see how God did this. We were living in Sydney at the time. I was a teenager. My mum was still alive. And a young woman, well, there was two of them actually, that lived next door to us. One of them pulled me aside one day and she told me that if I kept going down the same path that I was on, hanging out with a group that I was hanging out with, and a young girl in particular, that I would get myself into very serious trouble. You know what? I heeded her word. And I stopped hanging around with that group almost immediately. Not long after that, that young girl was in so much trouble she got herself killed. Can you imagine what would have happened if I'd stayed there? See, God already had me in his hands. Let's go to the Bible, shall we? Let's look at some amazing women in the Bible. So I want to take you briefly to two amazing women, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. 
Both were at the foot of the cross as Jesus was crucified. But I want to look at Mary Magdalene first. The little bit we know from the Bible says that her past was very undesirable, that she was inflicted with seven demons. And it tells us in Luke 8, 2, a little bit more about um, Mary, Mary Magdalene. But Max Licato, in his book, Unshakable Hope, amazing book. If you ever want some hope, grab hold of Max Licato's Unshakable Hope book. It's amazing. He says that perhaps Mary Magdalene's demons included depression, loneliness, shame, fear, and rejection. He suggested maybe she'd been abused or abandoned. Lots of women feel those things. There's no record of Mary Magdalene's history, her mother, her upbringing. We can just assume from her story in the Bible that Mary Magdalene's life was a mess. Has anybody watched the series The Chosen? Amazing series and what it depicted for Mary Magdalene, it gave us a real visual of her tormented life. You could see the torment that she was under. Well, Jesus stepped into her world, didn't he? He stepped into her world. Well, even then the church was abandoning her because they didn't understand, but Jesus did. He stepped in, he restored her life, and he gave her life. The demons fled, and she became a follower of Jesus. She supported Jesus and his disciples, and where Jesus went, Mary Magdalene followed. She heard him teach, she sat at his feet, and she watched him perform miracles. See, Jesus brought her in under the covering. He brought her in under that mantle to be nurtured in the fellowship with, with the disciples. Also, by Mary, the mother of Jesus, who would have been with them. You can imagine Mary bringing her in and just nurturing this woman. Just, just touches your heart so much. She was cared for and she was loved. Let's pick this up from Scripture. John 20 Verse 11 to 17. So Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. When they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because you've taken away my Lord and I do not know where you've laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Let me paint you a picture. Mary Magdalene was near the cross as she watches her precious Jesus die. You can only imagine how heartbroken she must have been. And then when Sunday comes, Mary goes to the tomb while it's dark to wash the body of Jesus. When she gets there, the stone's been rolled away. She hurries to tell the disciples, Peter and John. And Peter and John hurry to the tomb where they see that it's empty. And they hurry off to tell everybody else. So here is Mary. She would have officially hit rock bottom at that moment. Her master had been murdered. His body had been buried in a borrowed grave. His tomb had been robbed 
His body had been stolen. So I want to speak to the women here today. Have you ever had a moment where bad news or the sense of hopelessness just gets worse? Where sadness wraps around you like a fog? Mary Madeline's story may be your story. My story may be your story. But let me tell you, you're going to love what I tell you next. As Max Licardo said in his book, in Mary's darkest moments, the sun came. And of course, the sun is Jesus. Mary thinks she's talking to them. This man is a gardener and she says to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Mary didn't recognise Jesus when he said, Woman, why are you weeping? Then Jesus did something. He called her by name. He said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and she said, Rabbi, in Hebrew means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father, to your father and to my God and to your God. Just stop for a minute and think. Can you imagine how elated and delighted and full of joy Mary Magdalene must have been in that moment? She would have been overflowing. She runs off to the disciples and not in the distress where she ran to say that Jesus' body had been stolen, but she would have run, run with joy and hope that the hope she had in Jesus was being fulfilled. That does warm your heart, doesn't it? Doesn't it delight you? Come back to the cross with me as we look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. John 19, 25 to 29 from the NIV says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the mother of Colopius and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Far too much speaking this weekend. I want to paint you another picture. Stay with me. I love pictures. So here is Jesus in absolute torturous, torturous pain hanging on the cross. Our precious Jesus giving his life for us. But Jesus' love transcends any pain that he's feeling and it's flowing down from the cross to the foot of the cross where he sees the needs of these wonderful, beautiful women that are at the foot of the cross. He looks down at his very precious mother. She's given birth to him. She has cared for him. Now he was leaving and he wanted to make the best possible arrangements for her. We see through this scripture that Jesus reveals his love for his family and for families. Even under pressure of being the saviour of the world, he still has time for his family. Isn't that beautiful? Time for their needs and for their hurts. Even in bearing the sins of the world, he has time to care for Mary, his mother showing us all that loving and providing for our family is important to God. 
See, Jesus gives us an example to never stop honouring our parents, our mothers and the women in our lives. When he calls her woman, I read that he is saying woman and he's using that term so that every woman will know that they are important, that they matter. Every woman here today matters. Mary had been told in prophecy at the birth of Christ that there would be a sword that would pierce her heart in Luke 2, 34 and 35. Here at the cross, silently and bravely, Mary is suffering with a broken heart. See, Joseph has already died and Jesus was about to die. The prophecy that had been given over her was coming true. Can you imagine how Mary, this mother, was feeling? How brokenhearted she was feeling in that moment? I'm sure there's many mothers here today that have had that brokenhearted feeling. I know I'm one of them. Would Jesus leave Mary alone and unprovided for her? No, not our Jesus. Will Jesus leave us alone and unprovided for? Not our Jesus. He knew that Mary had suffered, so he provided what she needed to restore her life, a life that would give her a place of honour and a place of protection. See, Jesus brought, brought John to Mary to take care of her. He'd chosen the disciple that was most like himself to take his place as Mary's son. For he knew that John would care and love Mary as his own mother. He provided Mary with a relationship that would comfort her in loss and her loneliness, aiding the healing and the restoration of her very soul. By saying, John, behold your mother, Jesus was asking John to care for Mary as his own mother. By saying, Mary, behold your son, he was providing Mary with a relationship that would comfort her in her loss. When we are people of faith, and when we are followers of Jesus like Mary, Jesus will bring others from our church family to fill the missing gap. He will put where we've had places of loss, where we've had places of loneliness, where we've had places of regret and rejection and disappointments. Jesus will bring people in to gather around us. In this scripture, we see that John and Mary were not related. But in God's family, they became mother and son. The spiritual family can step into where our natural family is not. Maybe where our natural family has hurt us. And I see this in the church all the time. And I saw it in my life. Jesus knew the pain Mary was going through, so he made provision for her. Because Jesus knows our hurts, our brokenhearted, and he provides healing. Perhaps you've been like me when we focus on the cross where all the answers come from, right? Everything comes from Jesus and you've missed those that were at the foot of the cross. I've read this scripture so many times but I missed the detail of these loving women, that, the loving care that Jesus had for these women. And as I was preparing this message, I wrote another message and it was only on Wednesday night that I rewrote it because I could not get past that, that this was the message that women needed to hear today. Let me bring this to a close. I've shared two different stories today, two different Marys, 
both were broke, with broken hearts. They were brokenhearted. What Jesus did for these women, these Marys, he wants to do for all of us, women and men, but I am speaking to the women today. Even in the midst of the ultimate sacrifice of becoming the saviour of the world, Jesus looks down and sees Mary, his mother, and he wants to provide for her. Before he ascends to his Father in heaven, he seeks out Mary Magdalene, and both of them, for each time, he says, woman. I believe this is for each woman here today. He sees you, he cares for you, and he loves you with an unconditional love. Psalm 86.15 says it well, but you, my Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy. You are very patient and full of faithful love. What a faithful heavenly father we have. Our heavenly father understands where we are at. He is sensitive to our needs. He knows our hurts and our pains. And ladies, he knows our memories. He knows what you are going through or what you've been through. Those without mothers, those that are not yet mothers but desperate to be one, those that have lost a child, those women that find today very, very difficult. His love reaches out to care and provide for each one. See, his love exceeds all that we see and feel. All the pain that we feel in our heart, the loss, the moments that we can't undo, all those regrets, he, his love exceeds that. You know why? Because his amazing unconditional love flows down from the cross over everyone. I see in the example of these amazing women, these beautiful Marys, that Jesus is saying mothers matter, that each woman matters. And in our church families, I see it all the time, how God just gathers women around to love and support, to minister and to nurture to other women. And it reminded me on that video this morning when that mother hen was there looking after those little baby chicks. I see that in the church, that women will gather other women around them and they'll look after them. They'll nurture them where they need nurturing. I have a call of action for you women today. Anybody that knows me know I always want you to take an action to bring about a change. And today, it is that we can all play a part in that. There will be people that you know today that need extra love and extra care. Because days like today, like Mother's Day, can be very difficult for them. So perhaps today is the day that you can show a little bit of extra care, a little bit of extra love, Reach out and let somebody know that they're loved and they're cared for today and that they're not forgotten, that they matter. As well as today, to love those that you're with, to honour those women in your lives, to let them know that you love them and you support them and you thank them for everything they've done. Those mothers, grandmothers like me, spiritual mothers, aunties, sisters, women, friends, doesn't matter what role you're in. It's important to say we honour you and we thank you. And let the love of the Lord Jesus Christ flow through each one of us.
For love is not only what God does, but love is who he is. You cannot stop him from loving us because he is love. His love surpasses any earthly love that we may have experienced or anything we think we've not experienced, that we really have been craving. His love surpasses that. His love is based entirely on his character, not our performance. We don't have to perform for his love. His love is there. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less and there's nothing you can do to make him love you more because God loves us with an unfailing, indescribable love. What a beautiful gift for Mother's Day to remember this amazing love that God has for each one of us. And I'm gonna finish on this scripture. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So today, today is the day that we can run our race with endurance and we can let this love of the Lord Jesus Christ surpass anything that we can do and let it flow out of us onto others today. If you are sitting next to a lady who is here this morning, are you able to just put a hand on her shoulder? And as Wendy prayed, we just wanna convey that beautiful love flowing down from the cross over everyone here today, but especially His heart for women here this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, You laid on my heart this message for women today, that there are women that are going to be in, in this congregation today that have that heart that is broken on the inside and perhaps it's something they've never shared with anybody else, but You know where they're at. So I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that You will minister, Lord God, through Your very presence in this space. I pray that Your love will surpass any pain, any hurt, any trauma, any regret, Lord God, this day. Just just minister to the women here today and I pray a special blessing that even as they walk out of here today, that their steps will be lighter, that there will, there will be some joy for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Lord God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I, I pray a real blessing of joy this day over each woman present, that this day will be beyond what they could have thought. They might've woken up this morning dreading what this day would be because of the expectations and unrealistic, unrealistic expectations that can come with it. But Father God, that there's no performance needed, that You just are going to fill their space today with your precious love. Fill their hearts, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful church. We're going to stand, sing together. If you have something on your heart that you would like prayer for this morning, you know we are a church that love to pray for one another. Um, Wendy's book, Wendy still has a few books available for sale in the courtyard. If you're interested in grabbing one of those before you go, you're welcome to catch her out there. But we just want to worship God and, and just worship in His love this morning. Thanks team.
Church, it's a, a really powerful message here this morning, one of a redemption, that God is a God of redemption. And for all of us that He sees, don't you love that? He sees and He knows our heart. Love that picture, He even calls us by name. And he, he does, He longs to pour His unconditional love into each one of our hearts. And I wanna pray that over us this morning. We, we can be really encouraged that God knows us, He sees us, He loves us. And so let's pray together. Lord, I wanna thank You. This is the best message any, any of us could ever hear. That God, You know us and You love us. You love us extraordinarily, Lord, more than we could ever imagine. And you see the hurts and the pains, the challenges, the joys, you see it all. And Lord, you wanna join us in it. You wanna help us with it. You wanna be involved. You wanna pour out your love into our lives. Thank you for Wendy's story of redemption. But Lord, you have a redemption story for each one of us. And so Lord, help us to lean into You, help us to look to You, help us to trust You, Lord God. And we do, we do thank You and pray a special blessing over every mother uh, here, everyone in a mothering role, Lord. Bless each family as they join together today uh, as well. And so we thank You and praise You in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Please take a seat. It's been great having you um, both online and here in person today. Excuse me, for those with us, we have the photo booths out here. We're really thankful for Katie and Kayla taking the family photos. So please uh, take some photos there. There's the books there and the free coffee for mums as well. Have a great Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week.